0: There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice justice for all. all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots, welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal Chrisanne Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So glad to have you with us here on the show today. Make sure that if you are watching us on YouTube, remember on the ticker below you have all our website information, both ChrisanneHall.com and libertyfirstuniversity.com, but if you're watching us on YouTube as well, make sure that you like and subscribe and you uh, ask to receive notifications. Because when you like and you subscribe, you actually share. And that really helps us get this message out. So if you like what you're hearing and if you want more Liberty Constitution education from a contemporary uh, current events issue perspective, then Like, subscribe, get our notifications, and share what you see. We're not—you're not getting this anywhere else. You know, I taught about red flag laws at a uh, actually a Trump meeting. So there's a Trump club in Hillsborough County, Florida, that occurs at the uh, River Church here in Tampa, and it was pretty amazing. There was over 200 people there, all All ages, all sizes, all colors, all backgrounds, all kinds of stuff. So it was really, really awesome to bring that message about red flag laws to a group of Floridians who honestly didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about the red flag laws that have actually been passed here in Florida. The Florida House, Florida Senate, Florida governor at the time, the uh, Florida attorney general at the time, all Republican majority signed in this sweeping red flag law that is depriving people of their rights and their liberties without due process. It's absolutely crazy how these red flag laws work. And just as we warned, just as we said that would happen it's actually happening people are using this law in a retaliatory measure in a vindictive way because there's no evidence there's no there's no accountability either so let me let me put it to you this way in the criminal justice world if you use the criminal justice system as a tool to get back at someone because uh, you don't like them or maybe there's a domestic dispute going on a lot of this happens in in family law uh, where one spouse gets angry at another spouse and if you use the criminal justice system that way there are consequences if you file a false pol- police report excuse me against someone that is a crime if you file a false police report against someone and those people, and that person is arrested. That is an even more egregious crime. But if you make an anonymous tip to law enforcement, and one of these restraining orders is issued by a judge, and it's completely fabricated, there's no evidence what behind it whatsoever. Because remember, these red flag laws don't require any evidence whatsoever. And somebody has their house raided, they lose their job. Remember we talked this week about the 84-year-old crossing guard, the Korean War veteran, who lost his job because of this? And he lost his guns, now he got his job back, now he's still fighting to get his guns back? There are no consequences for people who use that system dishonestly. Vindictively, there are no consequences. I mean, seriously, you don't even have to know who the person is who's making the complaint. This is so ripe for, I how can I say it's ripe for abuse? It's being abused. After I gave that presentation, uh, at the it was it's called Trump 45 in Hillsborough County, it's run by a uh, former Colonel. Mike McAllister. And after I gave that presentation, I, gave, I get email I got emails from people that attended that meeting or heard about that meeting, telling me about their horrifying experiences already here in the state of Florida with the abuse of these laws. I mean, I don't think people really understand what happens here. This is not just simply safety. This is a violation. And to be honest with you, the the consequences upon the accused person were even beyond my initial thinking. I never even contemplated the fact that these people could lose their jobs over these accusations. I mean, I didn't think about that from the very beginning, but now I'm, I'm really starting to see how deeply insidious. I mean, I knew they were bad. I knew they were the worst of the worst. But, but seriously, these things, by anonymous complaint, are going to destroy people's lives. And that's the worst part. These wicked, evil people who will use these laws know this. That's the whole point. People were always saying, oh, well, the, the Democrats are going to swat the Republicans. Look, it, it's even beyond politics. It's even beyond that. You don't have to be politically involved. You can just have somebody who doesn't like you. And, and, and your life is potentially ruined. I'm just wondering how long before these red flag things put you on a no-fly list. I mean, the, the, the veteran, the Korean War veteran, the 84-year-old guy, had his, not only had his guns confiscated, but had his permit revoked. Seriously, we learned about the attorney general in Florida who says, There's, we don't have to give you any evidence whatsoever to deny you access to a firearm. According to the attorney general in the state of Florida, we can just simply deny you and we don't have to tell you why. Well, now you can be on a list where you're denied and you don't even know whether you're denied or not. And now these, uh, these restraining orders, these red flag law restraining orders, put you on a list and you can't buy a gun. And now the federal government has cooperated with our state governments. If you're on a list where you can't buy a gun, then you are, you are also potentially on a list where you can't fly. And we've talked about this on the show over and over and over again. People who can't buy guns, they try to figure out why they're on the list and what they have to do to get off the list. It's impossible. Same with the no-fly list. People are on there. People are on there by mistake, by mistaken identities. And people don't know how to get off the list. This, This is wicked America, this is wicked. And as an historian, I can tell you, this is precisely why our founders went into independence mode with their government. We have slipped into such a degree of usurpation of liberty of the people, rights of the people such expansive massive growing government authority i'm not even sure if the average american can see the forest for the trees so i have a few show a few articles today that i want to share with you a few articles that talk to you about how massively expansive our government is growing which maybe we we don't even realize the tentacles, how large it is. For example, I just man, can I say this as sarcastically as possible? I just love my senator Marco Rubio, right? No, that's a that's a that's a not okay. That's a not. Chrisanne does not love Marco Rubio. As a matter of fact, if you're familiar with with my writings on the website you'll know that I published an article where I specifically said I am ashamed that I ever worked with Marco Rubio. What a charlatan that man is. The fact that he keeps getting reelected is is just simply a, a testimony of how pathetic the Democrat candidates have been in the state of Florida. Seriously, if they ran... A moderately conservative Democrat in the state of Florida against Marco Rubio. I believe it, I bet Marco Rubio would lose to a Democrat in the state of Florida because the people of Florida know that he's a charlatan. But we're, we're all stuck in this process, right? This process of, oh, we got to vote for the, the lesser of evils. And then we end up getting these people like Marco Rubio. And so, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but there is a federal law that says that a state can't get off daylight savings time changes without permission from Congress. I don't know, do I need to say that again? The federal government makes it against the law for the states to adopt their own time schedule. You know, which sort of brings up the question, If something is against the law, what exactly is the penalty? Think about it. The federal government has absolutely no authority whatsoever to dictate time to the people or their states. But they have the authority to create the uniform rule of naturalization, to establish the criteria upon which an alien becomes a citizen to receive the benefits of citizenship. So we actually have an authority there, and the states are violating that, and the federal government's doing nothing. But if the states decide to come off daylight savings time or to lock in to daylight savings time, or however that wording is, goes kind of weird how that wording goes. What exactly is the federal government going to do? Well, it's just ludicrous that we accept that the federal government actually has that kind of authority to begin with. So when we get back from the break, I'm going to show you just how ridiculous this actually is. Liberty's lobbyist Chris N. Hall has now taken control. Hey, welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Got the picture up there on the YouTube channel, and we will also be remember on uh, Roku, Fire Stick, Google, uh, Samsung TV, and Apple TV through the Oath Keepers channel. Make sure you drop us a line. Make sure we know where you're watching us, right? And if you notice, I have the picture up there for the God Liberty shirt that I am wearing today. Get your Got Liberty shirt, guys. Really, seriously, Christmas is coming up. Order this stuff early enough so that you can have the packages under the tree. Liberty gear, what better way to help your students give a message in the classroom? Now, let me just pause here for a second because somebody's going to be like, well, what if they say I can't wear this shirt? You know, here's the thing. Our, let me pull this up. Our gun shirt, where is our gun shirt? Our gun shirt is a quote from the Second Amendment, from the Constitution of the United States. Are they going to say we can't have quotes from the Constitution of the United States? Oh, but they have those scary guns on there, right? So get, get your liberty gear for Christmas Founding fathers, founding mothers, the, the forgotten founders, Wentworth Cheswell, Crispus Attucks, all on t shirts. Because look, if your students have the authority, if your students are able to wear t shirts with Captain America or uh, Pokemon or whatever on their t shirts, then the schools have to let them wear Got Liberty, Mercy Otis Warren. And Crispus addicts. They have to they can't content discriminate that way. Now I'll tell you It's probably a little iffy with the gun t-shirt because of the whole paranoia thing going on If you want to test the limits go for it, man If you think that's what you need to do But why don't we start putting these messages in our classrooms instead of waiting around for something to happen? So I want to say uh, I'm just looking at the YouTube feed here and we've got people from Cass County, Missouri uh, Colorado County, Texas here, uh, oh my goodness, Arkansas, man, I love you guys, hey, Mr. Kramer, Mr. Kramer's awesome if you need any, any kind of amazing engraving work, and he engraves anything, right, anything, you need to get with Richard Kramer for engraving, he is the top dog, and so, um, yeah, I, I did work with Marco Rubio. I I didn't actually help him get elected, as it were, because I don't actually endorse candidates. But I did work with him uh, with regard to in an advisory role and as a liaison between his office and some group leaders. Well, the the Tea Party group leaders in Florida. You know, Marco Rubio treated the Tea Party like his you know his mistress, right? So when he was in front of the tea party, the tea party was the greatest thing, and you guys are awesome, and I'm with you, and I'm like you. But as soon as he was outside the presence of the tea party, he acted like, you know, I don't know those guys. They're not with me. I'm not with them, right? So uh, anyway, I did work with him. I didn't get him elected, but I did work with him after he was elected, and I'm, and I'm very disappointed in myself for that. But I saw the light, And I told him what I thought about it, too. So look at this this thing about daylight savings time. We have legislation in the federal government that says it's against the law for states to uh, vote to stay on permanent daylight time without congressional approval. Now, the Washington state has. Decided that they want to stay on daylight time all the time. And we have actually some senators that have come together. Senators Pat Murray and Maria Cantwell. That they are going to support an effort for Congress to amend or repeal the law. That says states can't stay on daylight time without congressional approval. There is a national proposal that has been introduced by Senator Marco Rubio. And see, here's the thing. If Marco Rubio actually knew the Constitution and the founders, like he, he deceived everybody into thinking that he did, he would already know that this kind of law is unconstitutional and the states absolutely do not have to comply with this. I want the states to just simply say, you know what, we're going to stay on daylight time, and we don't really care what you say about it. What are you going to? Do? I mean, seriously, if they're not going to do anything about sanctuary cities, what are they going to do about states who want to change their clocks? Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I didn't realize that you could still see me when I put up that the the ad for the Constitutional America. I was like, oops, I'm live, I'm live. (laughs) It's like the hot mic moment, only now I got a hot camera moment. Uh, So make sure you're watching us on Constitutional America. I want you, if you are in the Liberty First uh, chat room right now on YouTube, give me a thumbs up if you are an enrolled student at libertyfirstuniversity.com. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start actually... Uh, Getting with JC. JC's equipment's coming in so he can come back in. I know you guys are waiting for him. But um, when JC's equipment comes in and our mic uh, comes in and we get it all right, JC will be on. I'm going to get with JC because he can monitor this chat room better than I do. I think we're going to start giving away free stuff. stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to give away stuff at no cost for those of you who are watching us live live streaming with us and and chiming in and then we're gonna find out ways to give away free stuff while we're we're um, uh, while while you watch it you know after we're live for sharing and that sort of thing so now I want to talk to you we're in Supreme Court session so I want to talk to you about something that's happening now there is a case Sotomayor you know her Supreme Court Justice Breaks the new two-minute rule as Supreme Court hears immigration case. Now, I don't really care about the whole Supreme Court uh, two-minute rule thing, but let me just tell you what it is since it's in the headline. It, it, the two-minute rule says that attorneys can have flo- the floor, the free reign to speak for two minutes before they are interrupted by a Supreme Court justice. Now, apparently, because this case is about the state of Kansas and an immigrant, an immigrant who is not a citizen, and identity theft, that Sotomayor couldn't even hold her tongue for two minutes. Seriously, if you are a a justice and you are so impassionately involved, so personally involved in the subject matter that is before you that you cannot keep your mouth shut for two minutes. You need to recuse yourself. You are ethically compromised if you cannot keep your mouth shut for two minutes while an attorney is talking. So let me tell you why I wanna talk about this case. This case uh, was heard on Wednesday and it would determine whether the state of Kansas infringed on, infringed on federal law by prosecuting a migrant. I like that word migrant uh, under state identity theft statute. So can can the state of Kansas convicted Ramos Garcia for stealing someone's Social Security number? And using it to get a job. Okay, so in Kansas It is considered a crime of identity theft to steal someone else's social security number It's interesting because this article that I'm referencing that you're seeing here on the YouTube screen is from the hill so the way they use their language is very interesting and says um, Kansas convicted Ramos Garcia for using someone else's social security number in order to get a job in a restaurant. Using, okay, um, stealing someone else's social security number. Taking someone else's social security number and using it is identity theft. It is a crime. Now, let's look at this first and foremost. The federal government does not have the authority to create laws regarding identity theft. That is a power that is reserved to the states. So constitutionally speaking, Kansas is well within their authority to create laws to prosecute people for identity theft. Period. So. Garcia challenges the case. His attorney argues that he could not be convicted under state law because it is preempted by the Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986, which establishes regulations of unauthorized employment. Now, let's be very clear here. These are two completely separate issues. We are not talking about prosecuting him in the state of Kansas for being unlawfully employed. We are talking about prosecuting him in Kansas for using for stealing someone else's social security number for identity theft. He was prosecuted in Kansas for identity theft, not for employment law issues, which, by the way, we could just take a little side note here and say that the federal government was never authorized the authority to create laws on employment either. That would be a power reserved to the state's. Period. Okay. The uniform rule of naturalization is the rule to establish the authority of of an alien or the mechanism, the process by which an alien becomes a citizen of the United States and then becomes eligible for the benefits of citizenship. If America wants to establish that the benefits of citizenship are employment, then that's well within our authority. But As far as who somebody employs or doesn't employ, that is not a federal issue. Not a federal issue. Period. So employment law violations would be a state issue. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Ramos Garcia stealing someone's Social Security number. Not an employment law violation. So we don't even have to talk about that. We don't even have to consider that. So don't even get your heart rate up over the employment law issue because this is about this is about identity theft. But now his attorney's conflating these issues because it serves them because you see the federal government's not going to do anything about this and he doesn't want to be prosecuted in the state for identity theft because now he's a criminal and he's going to be deported. So the Kansas Supreme Court, the Kansas Supreme Court found in favor of Garcia's argument that this is a federal issue and not a state issue. They bought the lie of the conflating terms. We already know where the Kansas state, uh, Supreme Court sets with uh, federal supremacy issues. Can I remind you of the case that we handled last year? Well, I guess it was the beginning of this year. Yeah, so the beginning of this year. Remember the Cox Kettler case in Kansas, where Kansas signed into law that said the federal government has no authority to govern the sale and manufacture of firearms that happen within the state's borders. So if a a firearm or a firearm accessory is manufactured in Kansas, sold in Kansas, to a Kansas resident, the state law said the federal government has no jurisdiction over that matter and, and and they can't enforce federal laws. The law went on to say actually that any agent trying to enforce those laws would be prosecuted to the highest extent of state law. Well... When Jeremy Kettler bought a firearm accessory from Mr. Cox and his store, the feds came and charged them with federal crimes, even though they were following the law in the state of Kansas. And I told you this back then. The state of Kansas, the legislators, the governor and the attorney general at that moment are guilty of entrapment, that is a crime, entrapment. They created a law, made these men think that they were operating legally, and then allowed them to be criminally prosecuted for what they said was lawful. They didn't stand up for him in any way whatsoever. The whole lot of them, except for a handful of of Kansas representatives, went coward. The governor. I mean, I went up there and gave a speech and called them all out on the carpet. What a bunch of wicked cowards. And they all scattered off to run and and work in different parts of government now. After they hung these men out to dry. So in Kansas, the Supreme Court in Kansas rolled over to the federal government. In Cox and Kettler, they're rolling over to the federal government here. If I'm going to score a state on being constitutional, Kansas gets an F. I'm sorry, guys that live in Kansas, and I know this makes you, uh, not you're not mad at me, you're mad at those in government. Your state legislators, your governor, your attorney general get an F rating as far as constitutionality. If for the sole reason that they set up Cox and Kettler to fail and then left them hung out to dry, F, 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 -F, you fail. So that means my Kansas people need to be working to get rid of these people. You need a complete overhaul. And you need some sheriffs with a backbone up there, too. I know there's a few up there. They need to start passing around their DNA or something and having sheriff training up there to, to, to teach these sheriffs that they're not just a bunch of hirelings of the federal government, that they're actually supposed to be guardians of the people's liberty. So the Kansas Supreme Court rolls over in favor of the federal government. Well, what's the difference now? In, in January of 2019, the Supreme Court wouldn't even hear the Cox Kettler case. The Trump administration sent a brief to the Supreme Court and said, well, the DOJ under Donald Trump, let's put it that way, because I don't think Donald Trump really has a handle on what's going on in the Department of Justice. I think, you know, we've seen proof of that. But the Department of Justice under Donald Trump sends a brief to the Supreme Court and says, no, you need to dismiss this case. You don't need to hear it. The Supreme Court says, okie dokie, we don't want to hear a challenge on guns between state law and federal law anyway, because that would put us in a hot seat, so they refuse to even hear the case. Now they're going to hear this case where they don't even have a legitimate challenge, and Sotomayor can't even keep her stinking mouth shut for two solid minutes, because she's so emotionally wrapped up and involved in this. If this understanding of state separation of power eludes you, you need to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. The, the Chris Head Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Hall Daily Journal. I had to put the gun t shirt back up there since we were talking about Cox and Kettler, and I get really mad. I'm sorry. I get really passionate. I get very um in you know righteously indignant about that case. This was this was a veteran who had who had ear his ears were damaged in service, service related injury. He bought a suppressor so that he could keep shooting without doing further damage to his ear. And he was set up by the state of Kansas to fail. They hung him out to dry. And now the Supreme Court dismisses that case, won't even hear that case. And now they're hearing this one, which isn't even an issue for them. This is about identity theft, not about employment law. The Kansas Supreme Court finds in favor of the federal government. I know the article says Kansas Supreme Court ruled in Garcia's favor. They did not rule in Garcia's favor. They ruled in the federal government's favor. They sided with the federal government. The Kansas Supreme Court gets an F2. Failure. Colossal. Epic. Fail. The the Kansas Supreme Court's a bunch of... Federal supremacist minions. This has got to change Kansas. I'm serious because you guys, you guys have some really rabid patriots there in Kansas. You can't allow this stuff to continue. You know, we you need to unite together. Tea parties, Republicans. This group, that group, whatever. If you're a gun lover, if you're a liberty lover, regardless of what your your aspect of liberty might be, you need to unite on this aspect and get your your state out of the F rating basement. I'd like to come back up there and teach the Kansas legislators again. We need to pull them together in session and let me sit down and teach them. I mean, I sat down and tried to talk to the attorney general. I forget what his name was at the time, and he just totally blew me off. He's a federal supremacist in a big way. So now the Supreme Court's going to take this case because, you know, it's what? I, I don't know. I, this stuff really ticks me off. It just doesn't make, well, yeah, it makes sense. Because it's all about their personal bias. You see, you can see the personal bias. If they were actually, you know, justice blind kind of thing. The Supreme Court would have jurisdiction of all the things that the Supreme Court has jurisdiction over. Would be the Cox Kettler case, because what you have is a state law in conflict with federal law. That is straight up Article 3 with the Cox Kettler case. Yet they refuse to take this. They refuse to take the case where they actually had Article 3 jurisdiction. But now they're going to take this case, which they don't have Article Three jurisdiction, because this, as an identity theft issue, is a completely internal affair of Kansas. And if you read Article Three, thank you very much, you will notice, or you're a student at LibertyFirstUniversity.com and you took the judiciary class, you will know that the inside issues of the state are specifically excluded from article 3 there was such a passionate in-depth discussion during the ratification of our constitution about judicial power and excluding the federal judiciary from in-state matters you have to know that in the US constitution the the judiciary the federal judiciary is excluded from matters that occur between two citizens of the same state and citizens of the state and their state. The only way the the federal courts have jurisdiction is when one person from one state is involved and another state is involved or another person from another state is involved or if there's a conflict between state and federal law. There is no conflict here. But everybody has their pet peeves and everybody has their pet focus And apparently, Sodomayors is inventing things about immigration that don't even exist. Well, I hope you stick with us. We will see you next week.